All right, you guys, welcome back. Today's topic is probably going to cut to the core and hurt some of us a little bit because we are talking about technology time. So here we go. This is the Living on Mission podcast. Hey, y'all, and welcome back to Living on Mission. I know that sometimes it's hard to find the joy in Jesus in the everyday moments, but that is exactly what we're going to do by digging into God's Word, letting go of whatever is holding you back from living on mission for Christ, talking about the everyday life, laughing a little and crying a little, because let's be honest, we all do a little of both. So settle in, grab a cup of coffee, and let's live on mission together. Welcome back, you guys. What a great response that I had to last week's podcast about fasting. I confess that I was very nervous about that topic because it's such a personal topic related to our faith and our walk with Christ. And I I knew that I wanted to make sure that you understood that it was not Rachel giving you advice or encouragement in this discipline, the spiritual discipline, but that God's word is actually chocked full, full of evidence that fasting is from him. And so I just thank you so much for your feedback. I don't take it lightly and I am not ever looking for personal affirmation, but I want to know that God is using me for his glory and for his good. So it was really exciting to hear some of you gals say that that really impacted your walk with Christ and you are taking it to heart. So this week, this week, let me just tell you, it is day, let's see, 30, 40. Oh my gosh. It's day 40 of my sugar and alcohol fast personally. And I, God just continues, continues to speak to me, reveal new things to me. The struggle is real. I'm not going to lie. This past weekend was very much a struggle. I felt very tired. I felt very defeated. I felt very frustrated and anxious. And part of that, not very, but a little bit, part of that is my hormones. And while they are so much better, it's so much better, especially when I eat and live this way, they do still exist. And that is where Satan takes that opportunity to seep in to our doubts and our fears or plant those doubts and those fears to make us think we can't do things that God calls us to. But guess what, girls, we certainly, certainly can. And we're, we're just every single day living this life for Christ and turning those things over to him. And so As I've been reading his word and as I've been studying more about fasting, like I said, God has just, he just continues to reveal big and small things to me. And, and one of the things that he revealed had less to do initially with myself and more to do with my family. So we're talking about technology today. We're, oh my gosh, there's so many ways that I could go so many directions I could go with this topic, but really and truly the, the conviction and the hope behind this topic really had more to do with my home and, and not just individually about me or my children. It it was this conviction that God was saying, Rachel, you know, let's get off our phones. Let's get off of social media. Let's get off of, you know, games and things like that. And let's live more together. Now I'm not saying I'm declaring a social media fast. Wendy speak has a book about that. I'm sure it's really good. I actually have a copy, just haven't read it, but I am declaring that we as a family will live more in our present day and not more in the social media world or the technology world, because, um, 
I really started to notice, first of all, how my children responded to technology. So let me tell you, we're not huge. Our children don't have phones. They're 11 and 12. They don't have phones. They won't have phones for a long time. Uh, you know, Matt being a counselor, Matt seeing and hearing so many things of, of what kids get into, Matt being involved in the pregnancy resource center world. He knows, he knows, you know, more than I do. I can imagine, I can only imagine what children are faced with when they pick up a phone that gives them absolute access to the entire internet. Now, I am not judging parents who give their kids a phone. That is not what this is about. This is about a personal decision that Matt and I made together not to let our boys have phones until they absolutely needed them. And they're 11 and 12. We homeschooled them they go to practice, we take them and pick them up. Uh, you know, they don't drive yet. So there's absolutely no reason for our boys to have that type of technology, which honestly is a spiritual battleground uh, in their hands every single day. And we've even like, we've even given them old phones to use for certain things while they're at home, but they just immediately, immediately become addicted to it, like won't put it down. And so we don't even do that. Like we don't even let them use our old phones phones for different reasons, like music or things like that, because we're really trying to teach them, you know, we live right here where we are today. And so first of all, I was, I was noticing how they do actually respond to playing games. So we do give them technology time is what we call it. And we have typically given them 30 minutes a day to play their, their, I don't even know what they have PlayStation, Nintendo DS, you know, and so they have both of those things. <laughs> I do know what they have. I just had to think about it, but we give them 30 minutes a day to play those games. And what I started to notice is that they lived for that 30 minutes. Like they would do anything to get their work done earlier, rush through it or whatever, because, or even come home. Like we could be out hiking or, or being somewhere different or new on a, on a field trip or, you know, I don't know, just somewhere different other than our house. And they wanted to get home so they could play their game. And yeah, you know, I'm like they're kids, you know, they, it's only 30 minutes they have to do that each day. You know, it's, it's okay. But then I also started to notice how they reacted during the technology time. And here's, let me say this too, totally didn't plan to go this way, but pay attention to your kids, notice things, ask God to ask God to, to show you behaviors and patterns of behavior and habits and good and bad good. So you can, you can cheer them on and, you know, applaud them for things that you see as growth in their life, but also look for, for negative reactions, for, for harsh reactions, a hunger for the things of this world in your children. And, and that is going to help us be the moms and dads that they need us to be and to help them establish healthy habits and recognize strongholds too. you guys. Like this is not just a podcast about us as moms doing things well for Christ. We're actually setting that example for our children. And so I started to notice that especially Milo, but both of them, Henry and Milo, if they want a game, they were on this like super duper high. It was like, they had just like injected medicine into their body, like super high, super happy, super on top of the world. If they lost a game or if they got beat, just defeated, angry, like, you know, just like it ruined their afternoon. And I was like, this 
is not what I want for my children. This is not what I want for my children. So I started to think and I started to pray and I started also obviously started to evaluate, evaluate my own habits, my own my own behaviors. And wouldn't you know, like God was working this all out even before I even thought the first thought, because recently at our team retreat, my health and fitness coach team at our retreat, we had this whole conversation about technology and we all realized we were struggling with certain aspects, aspects of it. And even like one of the coaches on our team shared the best the best advice for me personally in limiting my technology time. And I'm going to share that with you in just a minute, but you know, God was working all this out for good. And here's the thing, you know, like everything, everything that is in our life, every place that we go, everything that we possess, every relationship that we have, every thought that we think everything is a spiritual battleground. You guys, and if we start, if we start to see it as that, then we are going to be much more proactive in actually defending defending our family from the spiritual attacks of Satan. And this is one that I know that God has called me to personally in our own home. And so started just all these thoughts started to come together about my children, about me, about our team, about, you know, like, what are we allowing into our home and what are our kids learning by, by, by associating that, that super high, that's the high point of their day to get on technology and play a game. And like, that is not what I want to teach my children. Uh, you know, I have been reading in Hebrews this last week and God is blowing my mind. He is blowing my mind. I read in Hebrews chapter nine and 10, just this, just yesterday and today. And oh my gosh, I've never noticed this before. I've never noticed this before. He's talking about the earthly temple versus the heavenly temple. All right. So, you know, the earthly temple in the old Testament was created to mimic real real things that are in heaven. So the things that are, that were created for the earthly temple in the old Testament were actually modeled after real things that are in heaven. Doesn't that blow your mind? That blows my mind. And, you know, just like there was the blood sacrifice on earth to cleanse the temple, to cleanse the people, to cleanse everything in the temple, you know, Jesus went to the temple, the temple when he died and, and came back to life, he went and his blood was the blood that cleansed all the original things in the temple, which is, you know, heaven. And, and now we are the temple here on earth. There is no Jewish temple. There is no physical temple on earth. It's us. And we, he gets to live through us, but reading Hebrews nine and 10, it made me think about how everything on this earth is just a cheap imitation of what's in heaven, of what's waiting for us in heaven of what honestly we have already access to as followers of Christ and technology and that high that it gives us when we get that ding and we get that dopamine or when we check our Facebook or Instagram and we see those likes and it lights up lights us up or you know we we look to see how many likes that we got or we look to see if we have messages, all those things and the feelings they evoke from us are just cheap imitation of what God truly wants for us. And he wants for us to be rooted in him, to be living for him. You know, there's a passage in Isaiah 32 and it says, rise up, you women who are at ease, hear my voice, you complacent daughters, give ear to my speech. In a little more than a year, you will shudder, you complacent women, for the great harvest fails, the fruit harvest will not come, tremble, 
You women who are at ease, shatter you complacent ones, strip and make yourselves bare and tie sackcloth around your waist. What does that have to do with this? I don't want to be that complacent woman who sits here and says, oh, social media is normal. Oh, playing games is normal. Oh, you know, it's okay to to check your phone 15,000 times a day. It's okay for my kids to find hope and satisfaction and joy in playing a game. Like, I don't want to be that complacent woman. I want to be on the alert. I want to be aware of what's happening in my heart and in my children's heart and even my husband's heart. He's an adult, but you know what? We're here to encourage each other and check each other. And so I don't want cheap imitations to fill my heart and my soul. And I want to be on the alert for when those things do slip in and, and take control of our lives or my family's life. And so all that to say, I got to this point where I was like, okay, we got to do something about it. Got to do something about it, right? My children do not benefit from technology in any way, shape or form. They are not learning from it. They are not growing from it. They are not becoming better people from it. And so we decided that we would actually limit their technology to just the weekends for a while. So they're not rushing through their homeschool work just to play their game, or they're not going into their game super high and then coming out just mad and angry, right? And so we decided we would limit that and just see how they do. And we talk to them about this. This is another important piece. We're not just taking things away and saying you can't do that, but we're actually having a conversation with our children about this and about the, about the dangers of being so emotionally connected to something of this world. Right. And, and so like, we are also doing this with ourselves. Okay. And, you know, we are heading into the holidays. We're heading into the holidays. We've got Thanksgiving in a week. Then we have Christmas and our kids are going to be home more um, or not working more. My kids are always home, but they won't be doing as much homeschool work. And I'm thinking initially I was a little afraid. And if you're afraid, if this whole topic scares you, like, what am I going to do with my kids if they don't have phones or if they're not on their phone all the time, or if they're not playing games, listen, that's Satan planting that fear in your heart. We lived without technology for ages and ages and ages and people thrived and had fun and had connection and community and relationships and we can do it again. I'm fully, fully confident in that we can do it again, but I will say there was a little bit of fear. Like what are Henry and Milo going to do all day if it's like cold and rainy outside and their friends can't come play or whatever, you know? So uh, my mind went there too, but I've got some really good things for you. Uh, But I want to share three tips for you on how to, to start to really change this. If it's something that you feel like needs to be changed, it may be something you have complete and total control over right now. God convicted you about it a long time ago and you're rocking it in your home. But I think that first, number one, we have to evaluate. We have to evaluate. We have to ask ourselves how much time Am I, as mom, spending on social media? Have you ever looked at that? I know my iPhone will tell me every Sunday an average of how much time I spent on social media. And sometimes it makes me a little nauseated when I see it. And I was like, I'm going to bring that down. I'm going to bring that down. I'm going to to work less from my phone and get, listen, I have a social media-based business. Like I work on social media. I love social media. I think it can be used for good, but when we find ourselves mindlessly scrolling or constantly checking for messages or likes or 
comparing ourselves to other people, it's not good, right? It's not good. It can be used for good. But again, it's that battleground where we have to stand firm. We have to take our stand and we have to decide what we're going to do with it. So how much time are you spending on your phone? And then here's the next hard question. What are you seeking when you are on your phone? What are you seeking? What type of emotions or response or fulfillment are you looking for when you get on social media or in your inbox or whatever it is that can only be, again, think about that cheap imitation. What cheap imitation are you looking for that can only be fulfilled um, in Christ? Okay. And so that's what I want you to ask yourself as the parent, as an individual, as an adult, how much time are you spending on your phone and what are you looking to gain when you go there? All right. Again, social media is not bad. We can use it for so much good. And I've got some tips on that too, in just a minute. And then secondly, for our children, how much time are they spending on technology? You as a parent can look at their phone and see the same thing. How much time have they spent on their phone in a day, in a week? Let it wreck you. I mean, be prepared to say what in the world and not just accept it, right? Because you guys, if our kids are so, so connected to these phones and these, these, these relationships on their phone and they can't live right where they are, then we have a problem as a society. And, and it's our job to, to be aware and to change what needs to be changed. So how much time do they spend on technology and ask the same question, start to notice how does technology make them feel? If you take it away, how do they react? Are they depressed? Do they go to the room? Do they get mad? Do they sulk for a whole week? If so, that's not good. If they don't get to play a game and they don't know how to handle that, that's not good. If they do play a game and they're like my Milo who gets angry when he loses and he's on a high only when he wins, then that's a problem. And I'm sharing my mess with you, you guys. Again, it's not, I'm not judging anyone. This is in our own home. So first we have to evaluate. We have to be aware of where our time is going where our energy is going, same for our kids and how it is making us feel. And number two, now let's take some action. Let's take some action. I don't think you need to throw your phones outside in the puddle, the rain puddle. I don't think you need to like rip the PlayStation out of the wall, but I think we do need to set boundaries. Boundaries are good. You know, I read in a devotion lately somewhere that, you know, we're always talking about tearing down walls and, you know, like creating all these freedoms that we, that we are, we deserve. And as human beings, we're just entitled to, yeah, but some walls, some boundaries are actually good. They protect us. You know, Nehemiah spent all of the book of Nehemiah rebuilding a wall, right? It wasn't a bad wall. It was a good wall. And there are good walls that we can establish for ourselves and for our kids and just for our homes. And we must be about this business. Okay. So on your phone, on your phone. So my girl, Courtney taught me this, Courtney, if you're listening, you can, if you have an Apple phone, I don't know if, about Androids, but if you have an Apple phone, you can actually go to your screen time and you can set limits on certain apps and you can actually schedule get this. This is awesome. You can schedule downtime for your phone, just like a kid, just like whatever. Somebody goes to timeout, but you can put your phone in timeout. And I have been doing it for three, three, four weeks now. And I love it. I love it. So basically when your phone is in downtime and mine is from a certain time at night until a certain time in the morning, 
all of your apps that you allow to do it kind of gray out on your phone. Now you can open them. You can extend your limit. You can do all those things, which I do sometimes if I need to take a picture or check a message or something like that. But the simple fact that the apps are grayed out reminds me that, hey, I don't want to be on this right now. I want to have this quiet time, this white space for myself. So that is something that you can do. You can also also set limits in the same app, like in the same part of your phone under screen time. You can actually set limits for how much time that you spend on certain apps. Oh my goodness. This was eye opening for me. So you can set a limit for like how much time you're on Instagram in a day or Facebook or Twitter or TikTok, whatever your, whatever your vices or games. I don't have games on my phone, but you can set limits and you will be shocked when that little notification says, Rachel, you've almost met your limit. We're going to shut it down now. Uh, I'm like, really? Have I really been on this that long? Like it's, it's just opened my eyes so much. So Use the tools, use the resources that are there on your phone and set limits for yourself, set boundaries for those things that you know have become strongholds for you and do the same for your kids. Talk to your kids about it. Show them, you know, what you're doing and why you're doing it and invite them to do the same, depending on how old they are. You know, if they're older, I would definitely encourage them and lead by example. And then if they're younger, just say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to set these limits and they're probably going to panic and say, what am I going to do? But you'll get through that one thing at a time. Um, and then, you know, definitely, I mean, this is not last at all. Like this is still part of number two about setting limits, but pray over it, pray over it, you know, like ask God to show you. Because I'm here to tell you that once you start to give things up and turn them over to him, he's going to reveal more and more about things that you need to give to him and let him replace those. You know what? I read this somewhere. Oh my goodness. Let me find it really quickly because I did read it somewhere. My friend Shannon sent me this, this, um, this article that was just really powerful. It's by John Piper in, um, in, desiring God. It says social media steals from us the gaps of life we could use to pray. Instead of praying without ceasing, we tweet without ceasing. And that's one thing that I want you to become aware of. I pray you become aware of as you do this, like how much time have you been spending on things that don't actually impact anybody for good when you could spend them praying or serving or studying, right? So start to pay attention and ask God to reveal, reveal himself to you as you do this. And this will be a transition period for you, for your family. So expect that, expect it to be hard, expect it to be a little painful, expect attitudes to rise, expect you to to get impatient with them. Expect to, to feel unsatisfied yourself while you give up this time on technology and replace it with seeking God. Like it's not going to be an easy transition, but that leads me to the third point. The first point was evaluate. Second point was limit. And then the third point is replace that time. So again, this is where I think a lot of current day parents are like, well, what do we do now? We've got these kids with no phones in their hand and no games to play all day long. What do we do now? And that's where you replace it with good things. That's where you go back to the basics and remember that for most of human history, we did not have a phone in our hand, right? We did not have a PlayStation to play. For most of human history, kids thrived on adventure, on outdoors, on board games, on reading books, on, on it discovery, right? 
So I'm also reading this book by Jessica Smart. Uh, again, God worked this all together. It all just hit me at the same time. Didn't even expect it. But I'm reading this book by Jessica Smart called Let Them Be Kids. And I'm only like still in the first chapter, still in the first chapter. But she talks about how kids actually crave adventure. They crave discovery. They crave, um, you know, being able to build things and, and try things and fail and try again. Right. So now again, my kids are 11 and 12. They're not teenagers yet. They're getting there, but you know, they still love walking down the road to play a game of basketball. They still love getting outside and jumping on the trampoline. They still love helping their dad stack wood. It's fulfilling. God created us for that type of work and fulfillment. Maybe get over the moment of panic. Start to think about what did you love to do as a kid? Um, what are your, your children's strengths and and their interests. Like, how can you feed those things without technology? You know, the other night, like we've even limited how much time my kids watch TV at night because they would watch it every night and they would watch it for three or four hours if we let them, but I don't want them to. There's so much coming at them from the world. Like, why would I invite that into my home for 20, 26 hours a week, right? I'm not going to. So instead we started to play board games. We play Scrabble, we play Sorry, we play four. You know, we have even drawn, you know, Milo has started to like paint t-shirt. There's so much to do and, and just replace, replace the technology time slowly with things that everyone can enjoy and can thrive in. I just, I pray this encourages you. I am not here to shame anyone about technology or phones or games. That is not my job. That is not my role. I think that they can be good if we steward them well. But again, like I said, you know, this is such a battleground for Satan. He knows that we can get addicted to, to, social media. He knows we can get addicted to, to likes and comments and views and, and, um, you know, just shares and things like that. But God knows that we can use these things for good. We can steward them well, and we can be godly examples to our children and how we do this. Okay. And so just like this article, which I'll share in the show notes, but just like this, the last paragraph of this article from desiringgod.org org says, I'm just going to read it to you. It says social media is war. Our worst smartphone habits are a result of letting down our guard. The insatiable appetite for self-glory that drives so much of our time online is a lie from Satan, a sham. It won't satisfy us. Social media addiction simply exposes the depth of our needy souls for God, but it's a place we can redeem for eternal purposes too, a place where we can stand for Christ. <laughs> and in our homes, on social media, in our relationships, relationships, all are places that we can stand for Christ. And I want to encourage you in that today above all else, more than I'm saying, we need to have less technology time more than anything else. I'm saying, I want you to see that these things are places that we can stand for Christ. And sometimes that means taking it away so that we can hear him better and, and commune with him better and, and have that white space we need to just hear and know and believe and live for him. And social media and technology can steal that if we let it, 
or we can choose not to let it. And that's what I'm encouraging you in today. All right, you guys, I hope you enjoyed this. If you did, please give me feedback. Please share. If it, if it encouraged you, please tag me. I love to shout you guys out who are listening and sharing and, and just go do be live for Christ, live for Christ and fight hard for those families that God gave you on this time on this earth with them. See you later.